0: I don't know what my computer is doing, but the disk space remaining keeps increasing.
1: Your files are getting deleted. <laughs> That's Skype's new feature. <laughs> Cleans out your hard drive for you.
0: Hey, Zach. Hey, Curtis. So as all the Jareds might know, my computer is rapidly breaking. And last time we discussed this, we discussed the possibility of using, um, using my, my remaining computer to do the games things and using an iPad to do the not games things. And eventually decided that that wasn't possible because I need uh, other things besides games and not games. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a third category that exists. In what way? In, in the way that sometimes there are things that are not games, but are also not on the iPad.
1: But that's not not a game there's only game and not game
0: there is there is but game and not game
1: tell me one thing that isn't a game or a not game
0: (laughs) uh if you read egan Bogost's tweets there is no such thing as game there is only ever chore wow insightful deep deep he was like untitled goose game is so cool but also it's work (laughs) that's his whole job He just sits around and he writes articles about Untitled Goose Game, and he makes Cow Clicker. So anyway, I accidentally made this screen too wide, so I'm going to fix that, and then uh, let you know that my GPU says that it's connected. This is, uh, we're talking about games. Okay. And I want my games to work on my my laptop that is still put together, even if it's not happy about it. And so it says that it's connected to the GPU, but the frame rate says five.
1: Whoa! That's... A lot less than
0: it should be yeah uh except for sometimes when i change literally nothing and then it says 26 but then it makes uncomfortable sounds it goes like
1: no (laughs) that's not okay okay so zach you need a new computer immediately (laughs) (laughs) that one is minutes away from breaking in fact do we have a backup (laughs) way to record this podcast I can call you. Yeah, I can record... Can you call me on Skype? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could record you from <laughs> the Skype yep. call. Should be less than ideal, but okay. We've had worse audio quality. Yeah. I could, and actually
0: I could plug, I've discovered in the past that I can plug my nice fancy microphone into my phone.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Uh, sure. So that works. That'll be a little bit better, yeah. I have many questions, but wh- let's start with the big one. What are you gonna do, Zach? Uh, well, the MacBook Pro 16-inch, uh, luckily,
0: was cancelled probably until next year. Who knows? Lame. Uh, so that's exciting. It's said to launch by the end of October. TikTok. Curtis, edit in a breaking news report if it's if it's launched in the next week.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> iPod turns
0: 18. That's not a rumor. That's a fact. <laughs> so anyway, there's no, there's no backup plan. Um, we, we might be able to get to this later, uh, but there is no backup plan. And um, if everything breaks, I guess I'll just have to use the computers on campus hmm. and cry. So I'm going to give you my most likely scenario. Wait, okay, I have a better idea. Okay. I have a Raspberry Pi. Okay. I could do a lot of my homework on a Raspberry Pi connected to the Linode server that we were talking about before. Yeah, I
1: was just going to ask you about that. Like, how was how was your experience using the Linode? But I you know, totally forgot to do it. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, I'll delete that from my notes and put it into next week. <laughs> yeah. Or next um, episode.
0: That's. I have so much time, um, and so you can see how how these kinds of things would slip my mind. <laughs>
1: okay, so let's say that right after... You send me the audio from your end. Mm-hmm. Your computer just refuses to turn on. Right. What's your plan? Do you go out and buy another computer, or do you wait until the end of October, or do you wait even longer than that? I think I could survive four days
0: using. I do. I have a Raspberry Pi. It's sitting on a shelf to my left. Um, okay. I could use it. I don't think I'm missing any components, except maybe a powered USB hub. So I would Amazon now a a powered USB hub directly to my home and make that work for the
1: next couple days, and then at the end of October reevaluate. Okay, and when you say reevaluate, you pretty much know mm-hmm. the options. You're either going to have a 16-inch MacBook to choose from, or you won't. Right, and maybe the the 15-inch and 13-inch will get a speed bump, but that's not confirmed. And a better keyboard. And better keyboard. Probably not for that one, though. Wow. Not for the 13 and 15, I think. hmm But what do I know? <laughs> so of those options, mm-hmm. what's the plan?
0: I mean, I don't know all of the details about what, what the 16 is, or if there is a, a better 15 and the keyboard is just bad, or things like that. If right now my computer died, um, probably I would go to the Apple store, I would get on the bus and go to the Apple store and start typing away on one of the keyboards there to see how I felt about it, because I have not yet made an opinion about the, the current generation of Apple keyboard.
1: Okay, and what if it's just like completely unusable? <laughs> I don't know, I guess I die then? Yeah, but- <laughs> right, like what's the point? Like, you're, <laughs> you're either just never going to use the keyboard... Because we've already been through this, like you, you can't, uh, use any non-Apple laptops for various reasons,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't use an iPad. I could get so that leaves the Mac, the MacBook. Do they do still they have, sell the MacBook? That's not important. The, You're like not gonna the adorable. Yeah. Do they still sell the MacBook Adorable? Oh, uh, let's see. Apple.com. I still think you should get your Mac Pro Tower and just like cart it around. It has wheels. Yeah. Just cart it around to class. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then use the iPad as a secondary monitor for it. Yeah, sidecar. Uh-huh. They have a whole feature for that. So, okay, so they don't sell the MacBook Adorable. They do sell the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, the iMac, the iMac Pro, the Mac Pro, the Mac Mini. Uh, you can compare them. The Pro Display XDR S10 accessories and Catalina. Okay. Uh, an additional option. I could get... Uh, one of those linux laptops
0: that they make like one of the cool ones that has the, the what is it called the libre, libre book yeah so from purism they've got um the Librem laptops which run linux and have a hardware kill switch for your camera and microphone is that display
1: port is that full-size display port on this laptop are you looking at the 15 inch 13 13 i will look at the 13 as well Oh, God, they're doing scroll jacking poorly.
0: Yeah. Uh. Who in the heck? Give me, tell me what, what are the ports? Okay, it's got an HDMI port. It's got USB, USB-C, headphone. That's, yeah. Uh, I've never heard anything about the keyboard on it, good or bad. So that um, has got to be a good sign. Yeah, honestly, like, keyboards should just be keyboards. Mm-hmm. Or do I want the 15-inch? See, these are also options. I have
1: never heard of Purism before today, which makes me nervous. That's reasonable. Does it have a smart card port or two SD card ports? Oh, dear. the heck? Oh, no. Zach, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Hello? Good. Okay. Uh, the website stopped loading, so I thought I was disconnected uh-huh. again. Nope. Also, their website doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Um... I mean,
1: it is presumably running entirely
0: on a Linux stack.
1: Nothing wrong with that. We run entirely on a Linux stack. Touché. You know, I use
0: Linux um, myself. This podcast brought to you by Linux. You're using Linux right now to listen to this podcast. Did you know?
1: Well, there's a 502 bad gateway, so I'm just going to close that tab (laughs) and...
0: Uh, Never look back. Um, Uh Uh-huh. I've got lots of options. There's not just the Mac the, the single MacBook Pro that inevitably I will end up getting.
1: Okay, so Zach is going to get a 13-inch or 15-inch? I don't know. How big is your current laptop?
0: Uh great question. Surface book with performance base. 13 probably.
1: Okay. So you're probably gonna want something in the 13-inch range. Mm-hmm. So
0: I could do 15-inch, I think, if the if the need arose.
1: Yeah. I don't know, Zach. I'm looking at the, the this pretty non-scroll jacking website. I mean, that's specifically this laptop in particular
0: that doesn't scroll jack.
1: Well, yeah. <sighs> okay, so here's my other concern. And concern is perhaps a strong word. Just okay. some, uh, we'll call it a prediction. This is my Ricky pick. Uh, Zach will get a MacBook Pro. Hmm. Wait, okay, you can use Sidecar to, and treat it like a Wacom tablet? Yeah. Nobody told me that. <laughs> what? I, d- I definitely did. We can... <laughs> it was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> like, before today? Yeah, in the last episode. <laughs> what? I think
0: it was in the context of saying we, I could Sidecar from my house, so I didn't take it very seriously.
1: Fair. 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 <laughs> Does that change things for you? You're going to buy uh, all the just clean Apple out of their inventory? Oh, I might. That's tempting. Okay, so here here's my prediction. Zach's going to buy his MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting into the Apple ecosystem will push him to, for his next phone, get an iPhone. Mm-hmm. The iPhone will lead to an Apple Watch, of course, because, of Zach, course. because Zach wants a smartwatch. And I, I'm not sure about the ipad at this point i'm like you 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 like taking your notes and whatnot with the Mm -hmm. electronically with the pen in fact here's what you should do zach Mm -hmm. as soon as we hang up you're gonna bus over to the apple store buy a, a new laptop buy a new phone buy a new watch okay get it all out of the way have get all your switching costs out
0: of the way right now well so so then once my switching costs are out of the way, I can upgrade to the 16-inch when it comes out.
1: Right. Oh, that's so that's so smart. Uh-huh. That's so smart. You don't want to be bogged down when the time comes. Got to get
0: used to <laughs> Mac. No, clearly I want to be bogged down right now. This is this is the fun little segment that deserves its own theme tune wherein I tell you the exact number of things in the today view of my Todoist. <laughs> doo do 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 do. It's loading. Uh, eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me. Uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine of them are flagged as important. Nice.
1: It's one p.m. Uh, okay. So in my today view, I have one two three four five six seven eight nine things, but most of them are how many wor- are flagged as important? Well, that's the thing. I I, I don't. Flag things is important unless they're important anymore. So none of them. See, but all of these things are important. D- they're not though. Is a thing like not in a? I I redefine like I last semester, everything mm-hmm. li- literally everything was flagged. <laughs> <laughs> it was just part of the routine. Like I would create the task, mark it as flagged, <laughs> and I have reevaluated since then. And this is getting off topic. Perhaps I should say everything is urgent. Urgent, yes. If I don't record from the mi- right microphone, I'm not going to get evicted, probably. Right. That's my today view. I could probably mark that off. Record with the mic- right microphone or don't get evicted? But yeah, I, like, I keep track of everything on my computer. And I have this little system for trying to like keep everything where I think it is. What does that mean? Like, to keep your digital chickens in the digital chicken coop? Yeah, but, like, I don't want my digital chickens getting mixed in with the digital pigs and the digital geese, right? Because I want to know where each of them are, but they're not, like, but they're really similar, the geese, chickens, and pigs. Uh Uh-huh. So sometimes the wires get crossed, and so I have to try really hard to, like, keep everything where it's supposed to be. I have a quick story. Okay, about your digital chickens? About my dig- digital chickens. Because uh, a, a failure in my system made me think I got hacked. Hacked. Hacked.
0: Hacked. You uh, wrote it like that on purpose. Okay.
1: Yeah. Hacked. Hacked. Okay. <laughs> so you got hacked. I got hacked. So I was working on a programming assignment on my laptop in my bad awful office. Mm-hmm. And after I finished it, I was, it was actually kind of fun. So I was like, kind of feeling good. I was feeling productive. And I didn't want to stop or you know, like, take a break between tasks, so I just went right onto the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a paper for a different class, also on my laptop in my bad awful office. Okay. And there was a while before the due date, so I s- decided to sit on it and perhaps edit it later if I have time. Yeah. And it was a pretty short paper, uh, just kind of like, what do you think about this kind of paper? Uh, so when I came back to it the next day, I assumed I had written it on my iPad and saved it to my iCloud drive like I always do for for small stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It needed to be a PDF to submit it, so I opened my laptop and did a command space for the name of the da- that document, and I pressed Command Enter so it would show me the file in the finder, but I noticed that this document was not in my iCloud Drive like I thought it was. Oh. It was in my Documents folder, which is supposed to be local on my laptop. And then I remembered that Apple keeps asking me if I want to sync my local Documents folder to my iCloud Documents folder, and I keep having to tell it no. So I assume that Apple pulled a Microsoft and just turned it on anyway. So I go and look in the settings and check to make sure that the setting wasn't on. It wasn't. So, I, so of course, my next thought was that someone is trying to steal my data by exploiting that synced documents feature without telling me and this was like a screw up in their little plan. Mhm. But then I go look at my iPad and I and it wasn't there and there was no history of it being there because it never was there. Then I remembered that I wrote it on my laptop so I submitted it online and I feel a little paranoid. Right. <laughs> but that's how that's what I mean by digital chickens and geese. Like okay, this length of paper if it's uh if it's more than five pages, I'm going to write it on my laptop because I have my good clicky clacky keyboard. Okay, so you want, you want
0: to keep your brown chickens in the cloud um, and your, your speckled chickens. Zach, we don't, we don't say that.
1: We don't say that anymore. You
0: keep. Your ch- <laughs> well, no, that's ageist, isn't it? That's problematic, too. <sighs> I was going to have this whole segment on canceling Stephen Covey, but I can't do that if
1: I get canceled first. That's like the arbitrariness of my system. It's basically, like, if it's a short paper like that, I want to just be able to work on it whenever. If I, like, have a spare moment between classes, I can just whip out my iPad and start typing. But if it's a long paper, I don't want to do that. I want to just bang it all out on my nice clicky-clacky keyboard. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So anyway, that's how I thought I got hacked. You got hacked! Do you want to go to delivery robots or hardcore note-taking? Um, do you have something ready for hardcore note taking? I could do either. I mean I have a lot of content for hardcore note taking, if that's what you mean.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I,
1: I meant like the a transition. Oh yeah, yeah, I have one for both. Okay.
0: Um yeah, hardcore note taking. Okay.
1: So <sighs> there's the reason this I wanna row directly taking <laughs> the bit. <laughs> I wanna row uh, row 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 what is row squad uh nice try. Row. I wanna row what? okay, so uh row, row, uh robots, bots <laughs> I want to
0: row bots <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to Robots, uh, it's a podcast within a podcast where I talk about uh delivery robots that I wish that we had um in the world. Um this week we're to we're bringing to you uh some food related robots. Do you need me for this one? <laughs> uh, this week we're bringing to you some food related robots. Um these these are uh currently on a lot of school campuses delivering food for people. Um, And they are exactly what I have always wanted, and Certus apparently has interacted with them, and I am incensed that I was not informed immediately that they exist in the same um, relative space as Certus.
1: Okay, so here's what happened. The reason I didn't tell you is because they're not actually available for use yet. They're just kind of like driving around advertising. Sad. For a potential release in Madison. Uh, Let me figure out what the company name was. At some point, I googled it, so it should be in my history. It's starship.xyz. Yes, it is. You're right. It is an Estonian-based company, which makes me nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. I just... Okay, so there's a lot going on with these robots, and a lot we need to talk about. Okay. The first part of it is that I am really nervous for these robots, on a college campus, like, (laughs) just for their well-being. Uh-huh. Because, like, I'm sure that they've thought of, like, people stealing them and, like, people breaking them for uh, craps and giggles. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I'm not ordering food on a... Let's just put it this way. I'm not ordering food on a Friday night because a drunk person will definitely kick the robot and I will not get my food. And you'd feel bad for the robot. And I'd... No. Sorry.
0: I bet it has a, like a little frowny face emoji that shows on its front when you kick it over.
1: And Zach, you and I had a fairly long, like, as far as like group chat conversations go, it was a pretty long conversation mm-hmm. about whether or not this is in fact a robot. Right. My, uh, so I read that there, I, I feel like I don't know enough about it because mm-hmm. it claims to be autonomous but has the ability to be taken over by a remote user to help it through situations that it doesn't know how to handle. Okay. So I said, depending on how often it doesn't know what it's doing, this is a drone and not a robot. Okay. I I respect that, but I got the vibe that it usually knows what it's doing. See, I also got that vibe, which makes me think that it's Almost entirely a drone. A drone? Yeah. because Not a robot. I think, because you know what they never say is how, what situations it is definitely equipped to handle. They, all they're giving you is a vibe. Ah, okay. So my cynical brain is going, mm-hmm. this robot is a, entirely a drone uh-huh. and it has they no have, idea what it's doing.
0: They have farms of people in Estonia piloting these robots. Th-
1: you go onto the website, click on jobs. I was curious. And they're hiring people in Madison to operate the robots mm-hmm. and fix the robots. Right. But nobody to drive the robots. To operate the robots. To be, like, helpful Is to it, the robots. Did I totally misread that? Let me see. Star Chip sh- technologies. A quest to change the future. Support and deployment team. Robot technician. United States, Madison, Wisconsin. You click on robot technician. And it basically says, you're going to be maintaining the health of the robot and helping it maintain itself and, uh, oh wait, maybe not. Did I misread it? I must have misread it. Or I'm concatenating two memories.
0: Let's see what else they're hiring. Ah, robot, operator, robot, on robot operator on campus. operator on That's the one.
1: I, w- I was concatenating two memories. Designed to deliver food in 30
0: minutes. That's why it's a munch squad. <laughs> The environment will be similar to a fast-paced restaurant. However, you will be in a cutting-edge technological environment.
1: I think it's cool, but I think that they're going to have a tough time. Like, if it doesn't work perfectly the first time someone uses it, they're not going to use it again. They're going to use Uber Eats or Eat Street because Mm -hmm. those work fairly well. That's a human on a bike and not a robot.
0: Yeah. Prior experience... In the front of house of a restaurant is a plus. That's Why? W- that's weird.
1: That doesn't make any what sense. What does that mean?
0: Prior experience as a barista? Why? Waiter, to ro- operate runner, robots? restaurant crew member. You're just operating robots. Oh, you need to be able to go outside and assist robots in
1: any weather. I think, like, you're just going to, like, end up tying a rope to it and dragging it to where it needs to go. <laughs> like, with <laughs> Madison weather, like... <laughs> it's gonna be snow and ice and they They can handle stairs or at least they can be set in
0: positions where it looks like they're handling stairs (laughs) if you go to the the like i think it's the company page okay okay Uh, no not the company page it's one of them about it's also not about follow yeah if you go to
1: follow okay follow Waiting, loading, oh yeah, yeah.
0: It can handle stairs. Very small stairs. Can make you think that it handles stairs at the very least.
1: Very, very small stairs. It can handle bumps. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> These are not snow treads. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the the wheels are like half an inch thick.
0: Imagine it just got caught on a patch of black ice.
1: <laughs> it's just screwed. Like, you're just going to have to... like. You can't operate it remotely in that situation. There's nothing you can do.
0: <laughs> you can just say, beep, save me. Beep, save me. Until somebody walks up and pushes it out of the way.
1: I also feel like they're going to be a nuisance. Like, they're mm-hmm. just going to be... If they're, like, useful in a... Like, at scale. Like, if if they completely uh, dethrone Eat Street. Uh-huh. Like, there's just going to be so many robots that they're just going to be in the way all the time. See, but that's so... F- fewer (sighs) english phrases ought to
0: be perfectly symmetrical like english idioms this is i talked about this on the last podcast too agree so anyway (laughs) there will also be so fewer cars on the street if this is entirely replacing Eat street
1: but zach you, you you don't understand as someone who is exclusively a pedestrian i vote for more cars because the sidewalks are not equipped to handle this. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. So that's my other question. Is how do you plan streets once the robots take over?
1: Should robots have their own lane?
0: I say yes.
1: How fast should the robots be able to go in those lanes?
0: I think if it's a if it's got barriers on either side of it, like if there's a little Okay, yeah. bump yeah. between the robot and like the pedestrian or the robot and the bike it should be able to go at whatever speed it
1: wants okay uh more question questions um mm-hmm. at what point are we building so much infrastructure for these robots that we might as well just have like pneumatic tubes to bring us our food <laughs> i
0: am not a civil engineer but from what i can tell Laying, laying out, like, a bit of street or a bit of barrier is very expensive. Laying out pneumatic tube underneath <laughs> the street is significantly more expensive than that for every single block.
1: Back in my day, mm-hmm. we went and got our food. This is not my day because I literally ordered a burrito two days ago. It was great. It was actually terrible because I was like, you know what be amazing right now, mm-hmm. a burrito from Qdoba. I have the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. So I get on my Eat Street app and I say, please, please have a person deliver a burrito to me. Mm-hmm. The monarch requests a Qdoba. Yeah. <laughs> please. And then I was like, oh. the reason a, Q- a burrito would be so, so good at that moment mm-hmm. was that I... Was super, super frustrated with some homework. There was Mm -hmm. some math that just would not work. And I was banging my head against a wall for just so long. And I just needed a burrito. So I said, okay, I'm going to work on this for approximately one half hour just until the burrito gets here. And then I'm done. I'm done for the night. because I can't keep banging my head against this particular wall. Right. So I push the button, I send the order, it says, sending your order. So I close the phone, I throw it to my bed, and I continue working. And when I look up about 45 minutes later, I'm like, the heck is my burrito? Where the heck is my burrito? So I snagged up my phone again, I opened the app, and it said, sending, sending your order. We're waiting for them to confirm your order. And I'm like, no. This is the worst. This is the worst situation. So I go into the kitchen and I grab a few cliff bars and that's going to be my dinner that night. Mm-hmm. And then I lay in bed and just decompress and after I had eaten enough to feel full there's what do I hear? <laughs> but the nice oh. little disturbing ring on my doorbell. And so I'm like, "Oh god." So I check the Eat Street app again quickly while I'm Uh running downstairs because I know it's my burrito, and it still says, waiting for the store to confirm your order. And I get there, the guy gives me the burrito, and I go back upstairs and eat the burrito too. And I didn't need to eat that burrito at that point. That's not the burrito's fault. No, it is Eat Street's fault though. Yes. Or like someone in that chain. Right. And basically what I'm saying is, the point I'm driving towards with this story is that I... Genuinely don't know if more robots and less people in that process is going to make that kind of situation better or worse. My intuition says worse. Because I will be less forgiving of a robot than I would be for a human being. Mm -hmm. So if the robot gets stuck halfway through delivering me my burrito, and I never get my burrito... Uh I'm going to be much less happy than I would be if the same yeah, there, something similar happened with a the human.
0: There needs to be, um, we've discussed that, uh, I don't particularly like Domino's Pizza. Um, and you're wrong. We've discussed that as, <laughs> as well. <laughs> but Domino's Pizza does do something, uh, now that I've seen, which is, uh, the carryout insurance, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. where once, uh once you drop your pizza because we're just so bad at walking with pizzas um you can go back and be like hey uh, i'm a dingus and i drop my pizza can i get a new pizza please and they will make your pizza and you will be able to walk out with a brand new pizza uh which doesn't make economic sense to me as a undergrad computer science student but maybe there would need to be like a robot pizza insurance where yeah, I'm sure they'll of,
1: like, send you your money back, but I want my burrito.
0: No, there needs to be, it's, uh, it's got to be like a uh, like a TCP packet, where you need to hit a button and be like, yes, burrito confirmed. <laughs> and if you don't say burrito confirmed, they send you another burrito. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good idea, because... <sighs> <laughs> well, maybe it's like you can't open up the, the robot unless you hit burrito confirmed, and then it's in front of your... Sure,
1: yeah. The other thing is that they're in Estonia, so uh-huh. with Eat Street, when I push when I press cancel order because there's no burrito at my door, uh, someone like looks at it and says, "Oh wait, look at that! There's no burrito at Sertus's door. I'll give the money back." Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that process is going to be much more difficult with this company being based in Eastern Europe. Yeah, that's.
0: That's a reasonable fear. I don't know if it's like the actual case,
1: but it makes sense to me. Also, how do we know that these robots aren't just driving around our cities spying on us? Like food is just a Mm -hmm. cover for being able to drive around the city freely. They're sleeper agent
0: robots. It's like, um, what was that movie? It's like G-Force where they had all the sleeper agent robots. Is that, ham- is that what the hamsters? Is that what the, the the guinea- hamsters?
1: <laughs> the guinea pigs. Yeah, <laughs> it's G-force. g Guinea. Guinea pigs. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, gerbil, I think. Gerbil.
1: Guinea pig. I think
0: there was there was one who wasn't a guinea pig. Okay. <laughs> um. But the the plot of that was that a person who was not quite Jeff Bezos um had produced all of these Alexa-enabled uh microwaves. And then at some point he could send out a signal, and all of the Alexa-enabled microwaves would wake up and try to kill you in your sleep, or something.
1: And they were all saved by a group of gerbils. And they were saved by the hamsters. <laughs> uh, art is something I tell you. So
0: what I I guess I'm saying is that we don't need to worry about, um, <laughs> we don't need to worry about sleeper agent robots as long as the CIA is working on training special operative gerbils.
1: Yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to end this topic. I, I don't think I have more to say about the, uh, the robots.
0: I was going to say my, my professor um, for one of my courses is always, um, this is the object-oriented programming course, and everybody knows that the thing you want to do in object orientation is introduce abstraction. Anytime you're like, man, this seems hard, you just introduce more abstraction. You just make it like, further and further away from anything relating to what the computer actually does. Um, Precisely. And so he was like, so this is one big chain, and you know, it's it's like that so that you can switch out parts and whatever, and that's all good and great. But if the chain, like each step in the chain, doesn't have checks on the steps before and after it, uh, that's a problem. Like the network stack, that's a really good, We've we've tested that a lot of times, and it at least knows if it's got a problem. It doesn't know how to fix it, but it knows if it's got a problem. Java Inheritance does not know if it's got a problem. No. And so if the robots are inheriting from, um, from Eat Street, then they're probably going to have issues. But what we need to do is set up an Eat Street network uh, so it can check itself.
1: The other way to do this is, to, is for the robots to call an Eat Street car. Okay, here's the new plan. If the robots get stuck, they call an Uber. The Uber picks them up, drives them to where they need to go, lets them out. Okay, you're laughing, but I guarantee... It won't be Uber, but they'll be like, you know, the, the scooter, like the sco- yeah. scooter children where they just like. Yeah, the scooter kids. Yeah. There'll I ge- be robo kids. There'll be people whose job it is to, is to drive around. Not their job, but like something they do to make money is to drive around trying to find stuck robots. Imagine that's I, that's a whole fully fleshed
0: dystopian teen sci-fi novel. Right there. Yeah. They've got like a AR glasses that they're always living inside of. And the, they just tell them where the distressed robots are. <laughs> and their whole job <laughs> is to run around and turn, turn them over like sad turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the, the men in the high castle can
1: eat their chipotle. Ch- chipotle? Say it like the kid in the vine. Tortilla? Ah. Oh,
0: All right, so in, in the robot future, this is, this is something that Starship.xyz themselves acknowledges. The robot future necessitates AI. But you can't have a robot future without, um, without smart robots. Mm. Um, on one of their two, the two blog posts that they have, one of them is about how they use machine learning to enable robots. LAUGHTER um, <laughs> So when in order to get to where we are now, where we use machine learning to enable our robots, um, we needed to to have like that builds upon a really nice long history of A.I. research. And way, way back when in the 1950s, uh, when they were first starting to do A.I. research and it looked so different than it does today, there were two ways to do it. You could do it in Fortran. I guess there were three ways to do it. You could do it in Fortran. You could do it in Algol
1: or you could do it in Lisp see the reason it looks different today is because back then we had real computer scientists and now we have people who can write down if statements right we, we have ai These today. kids today don't know a single thing about hardware type checking exactly that's what i'm talking about
0: also we like have more mathematical concepts integrated into our ai stuff like i don't know were tensors even a thing in the 50s yes oh <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure tensor is a mathematical concept that, like, uh, let me just Google this so I don't say something wrong. Yes, Gauss. Gauss came up with this, <laughs> or at least g- gave the uh-huh. the big concepts. 1846. Right. Okay. Um, that was a bit before computers.
0: Yeah, a little bit, just by a couple years.
1: Okay. So, so
0: now we've got Python, um, and all of all of these foolish kids who are trying to learn machine learning are are doing it all in python which is totally wrong because what you should do is write in fortran um because everyone knows fortran looks a lot cleaner yeah but <laughs> but anyway one of your one of your other options was lisp and lisp stands for list processing language the l is silent and also not there um
1: <laughs> wait what list processing language
0: yeah l i s
1: p Lisp. There's nothing. What? Okay, so L I S is the first part of list. Yeah. P is processing. Correct. Oh, okay. So Lisp language is the name. I I think it's just called I don't know. Is it just
0: called list processing? It's Lisp, the programming language. Cool. Is how Wikipedia denotes it. Um, and so so some guy was like hey, here's a different way of thinking about uh, computers. There's like the standard, like the Turing model is one way to think about it, um, where you just have state and you do all that stuff. And then there's lambda calculus. And
1: I don't understand those things. I understand one of those things. Which one of those things? Oh, we talked a lot about um, Turing machines in my computational theory class.
0: Mm. Apparently, lambda calculus is Turing complete. There's, there's yeah. some sort of hypothesis yeah. <laughs> that you can... I hope so. You can express anything that is Turing complete, or like anything you can do with a Turing machine, you can do with lambda calculus, and vice versa.
1: Yes. The okay. So just quick on uh, computational theory. Okay. Uh, there are types of problems you can solve with different levels of complexity. I guess they they're usually called power. So like this type this category of machine can is more powerful than this type of machine because it can solve all the problems that this machine can machine machine a can solve all the problems okay. that machine b can solve plus some mm-hmm. therefore machine a is more powerful right okay so the like not lowest but like the lowest that is compute that is like interesting is regular languages mm-hmm. Regular problems. Uh, so, this is going to be stuff like regular expressions. All the problems that can be solved with regular expressions fall into this category. They can be solved mm-hmm. by finite state machines that don't have any context. You just need states. Right. And then the step above that is uh, context free grammars and there's con- partial context grammars, and eventually get up to Turing machines, which can solve any problem given enough time. Yeah. So, in terms of complexity, that is going to be NP problems. Not NP hard, but NP problems. Okay. Basically, with a Turing machine, you can brute force anything. Right. Just try all the possibilities. mm mm-hmm. um, So, if a lambda... Is it lambda calculus? Yes. If lambda calculus is Turing complete, that means that it can solve any problem given enough time. Okay. I get it now sort of um want to go in more in depth we can <laughs> i'll get my notes <laughs>
0: um so so the thing with Lisp and the reason that it's called a list processor is that everything that you do with lisp is just one long list And so then those lists are lists of things that get executed or the things that they get executed with. So if you have a list and it's got a function and some arguments, it would be function and then all of the arguments that get used for that list, which is just like a very different way of thinking about computation than um, than something like C. Uh, It's just like a different paradigm is the word. So Lisp introduced a lot of really interesting ideas. It was in the 50s, so it um, like... Garbage collection didn't exactly start with Lisp, but it almost started with Lisp. It was the first big thing to do: garbage collection, dynamic typing, recursion, and a REPL, uh, which are all pretty like important now. Yeah, and they did that so that they could make AI work better, probably. So the whole idea was to take take these big complex ideas um, from the field of AI and turn them into something a little easier using Lisp. So, MIT was really big into Lisp and their AI lab specifically, and at some point, they decided that the way that computers normally work, um, what you may or may not know of as a von Neumann processor, is not, like, perfectly suited to Lisp. Lisp would be better as a stack, because everything is a list anyway, so if you just pile stuff onto the stack and then pop it off and then do your thing, um, that would work pretty easily. And so they started making machines that worked entirely based on stacks. And so when you compile your code, your LISPs, LISP specifically, into machine code, it compiles into this specific type of machine code that deals only with the stack and is aware of what it means to be LISP. Okay. And so they did a lot of really interesting things, like they had in-hardware runtime type checking. Wow. So the computer processor itself would say, hey, wait, this isn't a number. We can't add it Um, because up until then, Lisp had just had a bunch of like extra branches that had to go around everything um, on more C related computers to do that type checking. And it just made it take a lot longer to do and then a couple things contributed to their demise there was ai winter which is a concept which is just when whenever there's not as much money funding ai research as there was (laughs) that's ai winter i like that ai persephone goes down (laughs) (laughs) and so when the that like first ai winter came everybody was like ah lisp is for those fools who tried to do ai and didn't get it to work um so I'm just going to keep doing my C thing, and so that was part of the reason that Lisp machines aren't as common today. And also, they were built as mini computers, and so when the personal computer age came in, they just like didn't catch up. And so everybody got personal computers that were based on um, C-type things, and so now all of our operating systems and everything are are made to work with C and C-oriented processors. And so now. That's the way that the world is. Is that we've got uh, C computers
1: instead of Lisp machines. Hmm. I, I genuinely never considered another like model mm-hmm. for like a CPU. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like oh, it's just how it's always been, but not really. Uh-huh. Actually,
0: somebody made those decisions. Yeah. That's one of the weirdest things about computer science, is you're like, oh, why is it called this? And they're like, oh, well, there's you know somebody in. 1990 made this decision and you're like okay well why did they make that decision And you go down and down and down and then it's just like some guy working at 2 a.m in, in a lab and mit uh-huh. was like uh car car is how you get the first one and uh kader kader is how you get the second one <laughs>
1: and you're like okay why computer science is a super new field and like that's not mm-hmm. a surprise to anyone but i think we forget it sometimes when we're talking about like well, why is this called this and why does this work like that and why like why mm-hmm. do we model it this way and not a way Why it is an electron negative? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like and it, that's even more so like, oh, that's just kind of how it always was. Like some uh-huh. somebody just made that decision. Yeah, but like we can go back into a Wikipedia page and find out why those decisions were made or what or rather most of the time we find mm-hmm. out that like it was a b- bored nerd in his, in his basement at 2 a.m., <laughs> and it just kind of happened that way. So much of computer science is just like, "Let's make it work," mm-hmm. and we'll make it like, we'll make it better later. But like, the first step is to make it work. Yeah, and that actually is kind of true for science in general. Except, like, like you're designing an experiment. Like, hey, I wonder, I wonder if we can like drop two balls off a of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which didn't happen, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but then, like, like once you design the experiment in physics, you go back and say, like, okay, well, what theories about physics could explain the results of this experiment? Mm-hmm. You come up with your theory, and you d- decide the re- the results of that, and then you try another experiment to see if that one works with the same hypothesis. And yeah, you continue on like that, making progress to have a better understanding of physics. With computers... <laughs> You design the experiment and then move on. Uh Uh-huh. You're just like, okay, yeah, that was cool. Let's base everything on that. Yep. We we figured out how to make an electron go from here to there. Now let's base everything done on that. I don't care if it's the best way to do it, it, but it works. And if we need it to be better later, we'll do that. But we don't. We don't do that.
0: Yeah. Not very often, at least. So anyway, I just think it's, it's whack to think about the fact that such a thing did exist. I looked on ebay for like five minutes you can't really find uh, any lisp machines to to restore you can get mice that there is a $1,000 mouse for a lisp machine but it is not itself a lisp
1: machine Mm. you can get a lot of books on how to write in lisp so you could write in lisp and like compile it for your computer or maybe not your computer but for your fancy new macbook pro (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh but it wouldn't have the specialized hardware that is specifically for lisp
0: right right and theoretically my computer could probably do it faster than a lisp machine just because we've worked very hard on getting (laughs) this kind of computer to run very fast um and also i don't want to spend two thousand dollars on a lisp machine use that for games ah yeah you know lisp actually does have superior graphics capabilities
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing, Zach. Mm -hmm. In that case, you actually don't need a full Lisp machine. You only need a Lisp graphics card. Right. I bet making, uh, what is it? Open GPL work with
0: (laughs) anything would be super fun.
1: Zach, do you consider yourself effective? Um, no. Perhaps you should read up some books from Stephen Covey.
0: Maybe. Maybe I could just get lectures from that one professor who was talking to me about blockchain last week instead, and he can tell me what Stephen Covey thinks. That'd be fun. (sighs) So as part of one of my classes, I have to sit around and listen while the professor uh, talks about um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a book by Stephen Covey from some time, from a while ago, probably.
1: Let's look that up. This is part of your state-mandated curriculum on uh, self-help books, I assume? Yep. Yeah. It's
0: this one. We're doing Tim Ferriss next. Um, Then it's GTD. Translator Greek. What does that mean, Wikipedia? Uh, It was first published
1: in 1989. And it's not woke. You Don't say. Uh, Please, tell me some of the things that the book says so that I can take some sound clips and post them on the internet.
0: (sighs) So one thing uh, that Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, these are things that I haven't actually read. These are on Franklin Covey's website, which I believe is his son, probably, who has taken taken over as the heir to the Seven Habits throne. (laughs) And so now he's got a website that...
1: There were seven seasons and it was... Man, they could have done so much better in that last season. (laughs) Game of Habits. The Game of Habits.
0: (laughs) so habit number one is something about being proactive and like sure yeah great idea i love that being proactive not bad in concept not unwoke in concept <laughs> proactive people don't blame genetics circumstances oh, conditions God. that's not what? for their behavior
1: what what does that have to do
0: with being proactive they know they choose their behavior <laughs> Reactive people, on the other hand, are often affected by their
1: physical environment. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, how? I'm trying to decide whether to make jokes about this or be sad about this. Uh, make jokes. <laughs> Please.
0: <laughs>
1: you can be the, the court jester of the habit's throne. Mm-hmm. See, you should have taken care of your oppression before you started getting into the job market. Mm-hmm. It's really your fault.
0: Right. Clearly. Clearly, your circumstances um, ought not have any bearing on your actions.
1: Yeah, no, you can't go out into public and expect people to not hate you for, for the color of your skin or your gender or whatnot if you haven't proactively changed society systemically <laughs> to make people stop doing that. I really like, what are they thinking?
0: And so that, you know, that ties into uh, habit three, uh, which is put first things first which goes to a nice little eisenhower matrix um which as everyone knows is very
1: woke (laughs) the eisenhower matrix um (laughs) i okay i'm gonna be honest zach i didn't think this topic was gonna be this good (laughs) okay For,
0: for those of you not in the know, an Eisenhower matrix um, categorizes anything that needs to be done or anything that needs to be dealt with into four categories. Those categories are um, urgent and important, urgent and not important, not urgent and important, and not urgent and not important. And there are some, some things to be like thought about those four categories. So if something is urgent and important, then it's a necessity. Um, that's something that you need to do. It's like a crisis. If it's not urgent and important, though, it's effective. Um, That's something that you definitely need to do, um, but it's a little more like recreation or long-term planning, that kind of thing. Mm. If it's not important, but it is urgent, then it's a distraction. Um, Things like this uh, might be needless interruptions, unnecessary reports, or other people's issues. (laughs) Uh, and what you do if you've got a task that's urgent and not important is you delegate it. You, a college undergrad, got to delegate that task to somebody else.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I didn't read this book.
0: <laughs> and then if it's not urgent and not important, that's a waste. That's, that's a little fair, um, but it's not fair. <laughs> That my professor got up and was like, you can't worry about global warming or what? the economy or whatever. That's, you know, you can't change that. So just don't worry about it. It'll get taken care of, which is not how it works. When you say it'll get taken, taken care of who takes care of it. Cause there's still somebody when you throw it away, where is away? when you throw away the
1: task, who takes care of the task? Just delegate global warming. But don't complain about it, because you need right. to be proactive about your climate change.
0: Right, right. But you, if you can't change it um, yourself, then, you know, if it's something like global warming, uh, clearly, clearly there's no, no interest in collective action or, um, you know, collective action, that's a distraction. Um, that's somebody else's problem. I guess. Uh, getting engaged with the political system, that's, you know, not urgent, not important. It's like, it's trivial work. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you are very glad that you've never read this book.
1: Okay. Am I have to cut that out? Is it, that not woke? I don't want to get can canceled. Can you Zach. can
0: you expand?
1: <laughs> can you expand on
0: why it is that you wish you had never read that or you're glad that you've never read this book? Because it
1: I think well mostly it'd be a waste of time. It's a time waster. That's Q4. Exactly. Exactly. Not urgent, not important. It's a distraction at best. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I think it would, at best, it would tell me things I already know and make me a little bit upset in the meantime. At worst, it influences my decisions. Right. So you're saying that at some point in your life you
0: would have been, you would have read um, when something, when something is somebody else's problem, then you've got to delegate it. And been like, huh, yeah, I got to delegate
1: it. I mean, I'm trying to balance being truthful and... Being woke. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like, at some point between zero and 21, mm-hmm. probably towards the zero end, if someone uh-huh. told me, never do anything that's not important, right, that probably would have imprinted on me. Yeah. What's your point? My point is, is there salvation
0: for Stephen Covey? And I think the brief answer is no, because he's probably dead. <laughs> I should Google that before I go out saying that a man is dead, but... Worrying bugs is fake news. Wikipedia, nope, yeah, he's dead. D-E-D, dead. Give me, ah, bug. Flew in my nose. (laughs) That's canceled. (laughs) So my question is, is there salvation for Stephen Covey? And the answer is probably no, um, because he's dead. But... For Stephen Covey type people, is there is there a path? Is there a different, better self help book that I can write that says maybe sometimes other people's problems are also your problems, or is Stephen Covey just like uh, is that already decided? Or or maybe we can talk about Franklin Covey, his son, who has taken over the throne of the the Seven Habits Empire.
1: Well, here's the thing, Zach. The answer is no. No to the question of whether or not you can write a self help book that will first unhelp these people then rehelp them a different way mhm because part of a self help book is that you is that one who reads it has to feel good or empowered at the end
0: right and if your book just says you're not woke enough
1: well yeah like if i just if i write a book and say like hey you know the 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 your situation actually does affect your behavior mhm Well, I mean, the people who who that applies to are uh, don't need to know, and the people that don't that do need to know that, or rather, need to remember it. I don't know the Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey type people who Mm -hmm. think that your situation does not affect your behavior. They're not going to (laughs) listen. Yeah, right. Like you're just saying. All you're saying is that uh, this is no longer a self-help book, but instead a like social a propaganda campaign yeah it's a propaganda campaign in the form of self help book and it will be fairly transparent probably because I don't think there's a good way to like make well thought out and nuanced arguments in a self help form right because there's seven things you need to do there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there's a subtle art of not giving an F. There's um, thinking fast and slow. And I I'm, that one might actually be okay. I It's been a while since I've read that. Mm-hmm. There's these high-level concepts without any nuance. Be proactive all the time. Uh, do the first things first. Make your Eisenhower matrix. You will be golden if you do these things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thinking, first of all, doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> like, if you're... I personally, maybe it does for some people, maybe like mm-hmm. self-help books in that kind of style work for some people. They do not work for me. I, I think, though, that if they worked, they wouldn't keep
0: selling. Good point. Right. Like if everybody, if, if the whole culture could just like get things done, just like David Allen does.
1: Yeah. So these books don't work, so they won't work for your, so- your social movement, mm-hmm. your propaganda campaign. But it... Okay. So here's... Do you think... That Stephen Covey in
0: the afterlife, or Franklin Covey right now, sits down every morning and plots out an Eisenhower matrix and ensures that they are proactive and, um, and lives by the letter of the laws of the seven highly effective people. That's the wrong phrasing? Maybe.
1: But I think the bigger reason that self-help books sell so well and end up doing nothing is because they usually just reinforce previously held beliefs. Right. Oh! Oh! I wasn't succeeding because I wasn't being proactive enough. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense to me. That's a thing I've been told all my life. I need to be mm-hmm. proactive. And like that applies to the other people's problems are not my problems. Yeah. But you and I, at some point, I, I know
0: for me specifically, I spent some time being like, well, gee, Zach, why don't you, um, why, why are you reacting to your physical environment? Yeah. And so in in that way, what's the the path? Uh, The path of enlightenment. Um, What, What was yours? I think it was a really slow process of people around me who cared about me
1: telling me that that's just not how the world works. Okay, perfect. We just tell everyone that people are more complex than being able to have productive lives be distilled down to seven things. People are real scared of nuance in general. We like the easy thing.
0: I think that's a a very cynical way to look at it. Okay, why? If, just taking my empirical evidence, um, if I had always been scared of the nuance and only ever cared about the easy thing, I would still be beating myself up for reacting to my physical environment. If you, like,
1: said to that that past you, like, Hey, dum-dum, this isn't how that works. Do you think you would have reacted well? No. No, because, like, because you can't say... The truth, which is that human beings are complicated things, and mm-hmm. like, and it can't be distilled down into seven traits. You can't say that and have it be convincing in the same like bullet pointed way that you can say falsehoods, or at least less truths.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. like, I think highly effective people probably are proactive, but not in those ways. <laughs> and yeah, that that's that's what makes this all the harder. Is like. There's sprinkles of truth in here. Uh Uh-huh. Or, like, it might be a Marie Kondo kind of situation where this is true, but for the wrong reasons. C-Cortex. Okay. Cite. Cite your sources. I'll put in MLA later. (laughs) So the answer is no. There's no salvation for Stephen Covey, unless you can, like, really sit down and have a conversation with him. But uh, it's not going to come in the form of a book. A self-help book. Okay.
0: That makes sense. What do you think? I don't know. Mostly I wanted your take, because I think we both are people who once were co-covelings <laughs> and, and woke up, as it were. So I wanted to get your take on what it, what it was to wake up.
1: It's like being in an environment that is conducive to being awoken. So we just need to get
0: everybody those fancy Philips lights that turn on in the morning.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of another... I think I'm just going to end up repeating what I already said, which is that it's uh-huh. just harder to have... Like, the truth is always so much more complicated than the abstractions we apply to it. And that's true for yeah. everything. But in some way... That's why Java breaks so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that we c- we can't possibly, not even the wokest of us, can mm-hmm. think in terms of only the truth. Like, Because at that point, you're just like trying to measure the spin of atoms and... Trying to figure out um, how many strange charm quarks are in this particular atom. Physicists are the wokest of them all. A physicist doesn't go throughout their day thinking about atoms and quarks. Or, like, they're, they're, they're not, or I mean, probably not at least. Like, they're not thinking about the interactions between their shoe and the ground when they're walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. You can't possibly. And it's the same uh-huh. thing for, like, understanding human behavior, your own behavior or someone else's. You just can't. You, so that's why the seven habits big bullet point pointed lists are so intoxicating because look this is finally one thing that just is how it seems and if you're just proactive enough you don't have to worry about uh the global economy yeah i think my final take
0: is going to be that self-help is a social construct
1: self-help is canceled social constructs (laughs) are canceled
0: (laughs) which is to say that like it exists because it has existed self-help self-help that me saying be proactive only works or Stephen covey saying be proactive only works because at some point somebody else said be proactive first and this is awaking some weird like (laughs) lizard brain memory of the notion of proactivity um that just has been embedded and embedded and embedded in the way that uh we talk about everything
1: in society interesting we'll see how your hot take plays out also tweet at alex cox
0: And now, a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. We do not knowingly collect personal information from children under 13 or allow them to access the The service. service. We take children's privacy seriously and encourage parents to play an active role in their children's online experience at all times. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs.
1: I think it's interesting, actually, that we don't allow people to collect information on children 13 or under
0: i wonder how long that's gonna last if you have if you have guesses on how long it's gonna last uh tweet me i'm on twitter at